It's time for the Full Out Cheer Podcast, brought to you by Dream Camps. Discussing all things cheerleading with some of the best industry influencers in the world. Welcome, welcome. This is Dan Cotton, and you are listening to the Full Out Cheer Podcast. I've been lucky enough to work with some of the best in the cheerleading industry over my years owning and operating dream camps. I realized I learned so much just sitting and listening to my staff talk that I wanted to share that experience with the rest of the cheerleading world. So I set out to sit down with my staff and do that. Just talk. So without further delay, let's get to it. Stan Cotton with Dream Camps here, and I'm super excited to be sitting down with probably one of my favorite humans, uh, Taylor Shapiro. Uh, Taylor, you and I met last summer. Yes, sir. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to meet you and have you out here. Um, and I think I routinely say I hate Taylor because she's literally good at everything. Um, but uh, most of our listeners probably don't know who you are. Uh, so do you mind telling people a little bit about yourself, where you're from and what you're doing in cheerleading? Yeah. Um, so like you said, I'm Taylor Shapiro. Um, I'm originally from Indiana. I cheered at ICE and I was on Lady Lightning. Um, and then after 2014, I decided to go to Top Gun because I had a lot of ties there and it was my dream team. Like being, I watched that team since I was little and I was like, that's, I want to do that. So I had the opportunity. And then my second year after Large Cohen, they pick like one person to junior coach. So I decided to junior coach because who wouldn't want to coach at Top Gun and did that. And then we junior coach and then I got my own team. So now this is my fourth year coaching at Top Gun, my fifth season with them or sixth season now. Um, So I'm just coaching, traveling, teaching camps, doing some choreography or at least trying to. Awesome. (laughs) And now uh, you've won Worlds, yes? Yes. Yeah. Um, And won NCAA. You've had some good wins, some cool moments. Absolutely. Um, Any any favorite memories from your cheer career coaching or as an athlete? Um, Probably as an athlete, I remember the first time I hit with Large Cohen. And that, that was first time you hit? like we hit as a team. So it was my first year on Cohen. And mind you, this is the year we did like the hoops and the mm-hmm. girls, we had a pike through the hoop. Yep. And that was the first time I ever seen like a big crowd, like being on lightning, like we were like coming up in the, in the industry, but Top Gun was already legendary. So at cheer sport, like you walked out on stage, people filled from the front of the stage all the way to the back. And you know how big that convention center yeah. is. So that was great. Um, and I was like, wow, like I really did it. Like I'm really here. Like I'm really wearing this uniform. Yeah. Um, winning worlds was great. I did it. But like two days after I was like, this is it. Like <laughs> there's nothing else to this. Like, um, but as a coach, I feel way more rewards come along with it. You know what I mean? Like cheering and do, I did it. It was great. But like, ha- like watching my own children hit that routine and cry and have that same feeling that like I felt makes my heart happy. Yeah. Even if they don't win and they hit, 
happiest girl in the world. Yeah. Like winning Summit with my junior one team was unbelievable. These little girls were like, what did we win? Like I have no <laughs> idea because they've never cheered a day in their lives. Right. Like, but I had a lot of good, good cheerleading memories. They're, I was blessed to like have good, like two good programs right. yeah, to be sure. at. So moving to Top Gun, what was that like? Like making the switch, obviously it's a lot hotter. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a culture switch as well. Like being from the Midwest and just being in, in Miami is like polar opposite. Like you go from the cold and the snow and wearing sweatshirts and sweatpants during practice and like never being able to get warm, but in being in Miami to wearing no, literally no clothes, have to bring like multiple shirts. Um, and like the coaching styles were also so different, mm -hmm. you know, like in the Midwest, it was figure it out. Like that old school, like figure it out. There was no really, there's like technique, but like not in the detail that Top Gun takes it to. And even, like, my own coaches, they're a lot tougher. A lot tougher. That's all I knew. Like, the beat down. And it's never, like, it beat me down. It beat me down my last year. But I think it made me the cheerleader that I am. Like, the strong cheerleader that's already hard on herself. Like, and Kristen and Victor are so, so caring and loving. And it was that was a big difference for me. Like, actually feeling that that like love for you mm -hmm. even if you mess up like they'd be like you're taylor you're human i'm like no yell at me like i'm supposed to have a punishment they're like why why does there have to be a punishment and i was like oh like there's conditioning like there's things and victor's like I'm not going to use that as a punishment i'm not going to yell at you because you fell you're human yeah so and like isn't that almost like almost shadier it's like when your parents are like disappointed in you like no, no no yell at me so yeah but like when they just go it's okay then you like you feel it but like and, but it really makes you like think about it and yeah. they already know that you're killing yourself on the inside yeah. and not every kid is like that but i was i was that kid like even today two girls fell on top of each other and i was like i feel like i didn't do enough to like help them or explain enough or like, I already get so hard on myself. So, like, they never had to be like, Taylor, you fell in this. Did you do your reps already? Or, like, did you come in and work out, like, work out extra? They already knew that I did that. Like, and by the time I fell, I would already get so hard on myself. Right. Like, I would have to, like, walk away from practice and be like, I just need to go outside for a second. But. Yeah, that's. Anything else? Anything else you need that you can remember from that shift? I. I will say one of the things I find impressive and I've taught people are going to be like, yeah, Dan, you keep saying that, um, is the, the attention to detail on progression and not just progression of like, you don't progress this skill until you perfected, perfected the skill before, but like the drills for things that build progressively towards an end goal of things like yeah. a kick double and things like 360 ticks. Like some of the drills that I've seen come out of coaches that I know work directly for Top Gun it's really impressive and it seems to be kind of a, a cross program idea of break it down. Everything. Give everything a count. If you can take that skill 
and dissect it into like however many parts. So if let's say it's a full around TikTok, okay? What angle does she bring her knee up around, place her foot down and bring the other lip up and where should the bases be flicking, turning and catching? Like to the, the very, my, it's like my new detail. If I gotta make sure that she's gotta get all the way around and I gotta turn my hands, there needs to be a count, an and count, a step, a movement, and that's what we do. We literally just break it down to the science and make it so simple for them. And honestly, those drills are made up. They're taken like yeah. from, you know, Victor watches YouTube videos, like videos on power tumbling and gymnastics, and he does his research, brings it back to us, and then we like use it in a cheer way. You know, we use it with our mats and our knowledge of the skill mm -hmm. and what would work best. We've put drills together that could work for a back handspring and a whip. You know what I mean? It, there's so many things that we can do in collab, but we talk about it mm -hmm. constantly. Right. We're always being like, hey, look at this. Hey, come do this drill and see if it works. Like, we're always trying to come up with something new and different in a way to help these kids understand the skills because it's not like back in the day would be like, try it. Do it again. And just do it and do it again. Yep. You can't do that to kids nowadays. Yeah. That's where they get frustrated and they're like, I don't know, There's not. you're not telling me what to do, you're just telling me to do the skill. It's all about telling them how to do the skill and how to do it correctly and breaking it down. And the skills are too hard now. You know, like, I mean, when I came up, I'm much older than you, but we're doing libs, maybe a full up, maybe. So do it again. Maybe. I mean, it, it worked for us. We were able to coach ourselves through it because it wasn't that complex. Now we're asking them to release and twist and re-grab and then immediately dip and do something else. I mean, it's, it's such a complex Absolutely. series of skills. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that do it again culture. is not, not it anymore. I've definitely been like that type of coach and been like, again, because it's not the fact that they're doing it wrong. They're just not thinking. Right. You know what I mean? They're doing it all right, but like I it's my junior three kids, especially. They're at that age where they're like, okay, I'm really, really good. And I've been doing really well and I don't have to think about it anymore. I'm like, no, you have to think about everything. I was like, it's not natural yet. Like when you get to like the the large co ed, the senior, the world's age, you sh you should be able to do it. Right. Just turn it on and do it. And you should already but at that junior age they have to think. Or they'll never like naturally do it again, you know, like a high V or walking with your arms on your side. Like once you get to that world level, walking by with your arms on your side, you shouldn't not even have to think about that. Mm -hmm. And you primarily coach junior teams, correct? Yes, sir. I coached my junior one, which I've had for three years now, uh, junior two and junior three. Do you have a favorite level? Not a favorite team, but do you have a favorite level to coach? Level one. That Why is my that? favorite level. It's the beginning of cheerleading. Right. You're literally teaching them the basics of cheerleading. And it's so important. Like, we take back walkovers at Top Gun very seriously. Like, you must know how to do a back walkover. If you come from BBs up, everyone knows how to do a back walkover. 
like a lot of my junior two kids that moved up from my J1, we all do back walkover, back handsprings. Like you must have a back walkover. Mm-hmm. Um, but level one is so difficult and challenging and not everyone can do it. No. If you know how to coach it and also be creative with it, then you can have so much fun. But if you can't, first off, coach it because it's basic. Mm-hmm. But you have to be able to turn something basic into so much fun and be creative. Mm-hmm. Think of everything under the sun. Like, I always look at level five. I take whatever is level five, level three, level four, and somehow make it level one. Yeah. And you can do it. And I've, I've said it in other uh, conversations with people. I truly believe that the, some of the best coaches like are... Hands down. Number one coaches. Like, to, if you can coach a truly elite, clean, difficult level one routine, like, you are one of the best coaches. Like, I'm so picky when it comes to my level one team. And it's so, it's so creative. Like, honestly, what, how do you, I mean, you kind of started to say that, you, you know, you pick level five skills, but then how do you actually break them down and go, okay, they're doing a, a, inversion to the top and then okay how do i turn that into well i mean inversion is a little bit unfair but like how do you i don't understand where the genius comes from with the level one coaches like i see these things and i'm like how is that legal but then you look it up and it is legal and it looks cartwheel up front handspring up right my team actually did front handspring ups in 2018 and it was the coolest thing that i've ever seen because someone had said it to me and i was like there's no way Where'd they front handspring up to? Like what level? Like front handspring up to prep. Okay. As long as their one foot touched the ground and the base dropped it, touched it, and then picked it up, it was front handspring up, quarter turn to prep. It was insane. And all like the entire summit that was in level one came up to us that are like, genius. Genius. And then last year I did cartwheel ups actually here at this camp for Connect. Mm-hmm. If you figure out a way, you can only hold, you got to hold a hand if you want to go to a, like one leg. So you got to make sure that she's holding this hand. How can I somehow bring her foot to the ground before you go up? You said that inversion and I immediately did it in my head. How you could literally invert to breath. I just don't. I- I, I, I would love to crawl inside your brain. That's what I'm trying to get. Like, how, how do you even, I mean, clearly you're just a genius. Like that's got to no, be what it is. I'm not, I'm not a genius. Not in school. <laughs> well, uh, it doesn't have to be school. Do you try a lot of those things with the athletes or do you drill them with like staff and a flyer first? Or how do you come up with that? I usually make my kids do it. Yeah. And I think it's good for them to do that. Just so... I'll explain it to them and they'll look at me and be like, okay, like, okay, I understand. Like I see it. And then I kind of just like make them, I grab them and I'm, this is what's got to happen, but make it work. And if anything, like I'm very hands-on with my kids, right. even you see me, I'm Absolutely. touching them and pushing them into places. Cause if you don't actually show them and make them squeeze those muscles and make them like feel it, they'll never actually know how to do it. Yeah, We can tell a kid to pull up and tuck her butt in, but if you don't actually go up to her and do it for her and make her hold it, she'll never actually understand. So that's I make my kids just do it, and 
usually they make it work. Because I'll keep, I'll look at him and I'm like, this is legal and it's really cool. Make it work. And you just help them and use the technique that you know and right. kind of just try to tweak it as you go. It's not going to be perfect at first, but. So what's the, what is the progression of your kid's season? I mean, are, do you start experimenting like in the middle of the, like at the beginning of the year? Are you drilling basics and then moving towards like. How do you plan that? Because I feel like from a coaching perspective, even with my level fives, I feel like if you don't start playing with some of that creative stuff early, like even having a good foundation is great. But if you don't get them working on figuring things out, like being creative, because at the end of the day, you can drill things all you want. But if they're not willing to manipulate and figure things out, they're going to struggle. But open to opinions, like how do you do do that? Because I've seen some of your routines and they're super creative and I've seen some of the things you teach and they're super creative. Um, well, the creativeness, like just, it comes from outside things that you're acrobatics, like Louise. Okay. Acrobatics, dance videos. Uh, so you think you can dance world of dance, all those hoops and things. That's where it comes from. But usually we kind of come up with things on our own and then we plan practices just for pyramids. Like, Topkin Lodge going, they do a whole weekend of just pyramid ideas so that Victor can see, I liked that, I liked that, that could work, kind of puts groups together and then literally puts puts it in the routine. Mm-hmm. He knows what he wants. So then you just work on the skills and do it over and over and over again. Make it work. Tell him that. If you tell a kid, I want you to do this and this is what's happening, I'm going to help you through it the entire time, but you're going to make it work. Most of the time they'll make it work. Yeah. But the practices, you just plan practices around making ideas, playing with things. We put routines together, but they always change. Nothing ever stays the same. We'll be like, okay, well, we like that. We'll keep that for later. Okay. Cause that's a little bit harder. We'll dummy that down. And then we'll just create routines and like slowly add the creativeness. It doesn't always start like that. It has to come. We have to clean first. They have to be hitting. And then you can add all the flips and the inversions and the the cool stuff that we do that's actually level one, but you're on a level four team, (laughs) you know, but also that lower level skills. Half a large coach pyramid is usually level four or level three. Still good. Still impressive. Visual. Visual. You, know. um, you guys do all in-house choreography? Yes, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sort of. Well, like, large co-ed, they'll bring in, like, Eric Little to do a dance, or, but Victor and Kristen always did their own routines. Um, I'm doing my own routines this year. I think I might bring a few people in for certain sections, just because... They're geniuses when it comes to that. Yeah. And I'll be too picky. Um, so there's certain things I know I want. And like me and my best friend Kane that I also coach with, like for our junior two team, we're going to like choreograph the routine and then have someone else do the dance, but all in-house. Um, we've had Ray Jasper. We've had Brandon Hale. Um, but we like to at least outline our routines mm-hmm. with 
Top Gun formations and transitions. Like Greg Gazal is a genius in transitions. It's, I don't know how he does it. And like Jose is really good as well with his like formations and just being different. So when you put those two minds together, it's, you get, you get a great product. So I'm kind of still up in the air with what I want to do, but it all is usually in house. Do you ever just go to the gym and watch these guys just create? Yes. What's that like? Informational. Like I'm watching and I'm like, how did they just do that? Like, and then they just do it over and over again. But the best part is they've always been like, did you see how I just did that? Okay. Or if I see something, I'm like, hey, I saw something weird in the back. Can I fix it? They're like, yes, go for it. Because it's all about teaching and learning because they're not always going to be here anymore. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to want to do choreography for years and years on end. They want to be able to let yeah. other people do it, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, that's the best part about coaching at Topkin. You learn a lot. And they teach you. So, if I go to, like, 005 Choreo, Jose will be like, hey, this is what I want it to look like. Get from here to here, and I want to see what you can do. Go. So, like, you're able to, like, be in those situations and then teach you. And, like, it's Pretty really, amazing. yeah, it's good. It's good for the brain. It's And then it gets my creative juices flowing. And then, like, when they're like, I like how you just did that. It, like, makes you feel good. And you're like, okay, like, I can do this. Like, yeah. The choreography scares me. You would never know. She says this, but you would never know when it comes to like. It stresses me out and I hate everything that I do. Like even those dances I was telling you, I was like, I don't like them. I do them and they look good. And I'm like, okay, like this is, this is like, this is good. And then I keep doing it and I keep seeing it. And then I hate it again. And for those of you who haven't seen these, they're fire. They're good. (laughs) Well, thank you. We have. Every single team goes, when can I learn that dance? When can I learn that dance? When can I, like, every time you turn on music. Every time I had a a pyramid rotation, I was teaching dance instead because (laughs) they didn't want to stunt another one, another, another session. So we do stunt a lot at our camps and tumble. We do a lot of skills. So breaking it up with dance is nice. Yeah. And they bring them back home with them and they use them. And mm, they absolutely do. I've seen mm-hmm. multiple teams performing dances that you choreographed at. I know they tag me. And- they tag me on Instagram. And that's super cool. That, I can't lie, that's pretty awesome. I've only done very few teams. So being able to like see it live and like it actually hit is pretty cool. And now you're also going to school. Yes. And what are you studying? Um, right now it's health and wellness. So like physical therapy, um, I want to change to exercise science and then a minor in psychology. So sports psychology, because that's so important in our sport that we have nothing like that. Totally. And so do you want to, uh, do you want to get out of cheer or do you want to utilize the education within? within? I think that cheer's taken me a lot of places. And I think that if I stay in it, it's just going to take me even farther in with that knowledge and having, you know, studied with that and being able to research in our own, you know, what do you want to call it? Cheer world. Yeah. Okay. That's important. 
because not we don't have that. Like we've had like inspirational people like Victor and Debbie Love, and they learn from other people. But like being able to go to school and have a you know a degree in that and translate it into cheer and help cheerleaders overall with that, because mm-hmm. especially in the age that we live in, that is probably. 99% of the reason why kids crack or people fall at competition because they're terrified and they don't have like the the tools and the skills like the coaches are just like do it again do it again mm-hmm. well if you fall I'm gonna be mad at you it's all about hitting it's all about hitting but there's so much more to cheer than that yeah and then kids think about all these things and they overthink and they're not thinking about what they're actually doing on the floor. They're th- so scared that they're going to fall that they do, you know? Do you think we've become too focused on the zero? Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. Because I, I was a part of that. I was that cheerleader. Who was too focused on the zero? Yeah. What should we focus on? I mean, there, I, so like when it first changed, it was like, okay, stop focusing on the win, focus on the zero. And now we've now seen that like counter side of the coin where like you're saying, kids are so focused on the zero that they're, they're scared and they're stressed and, and they, they may hit an amazing, they may do an amazing routine, but they still, touched their hand down yeah, and still now isn't good they ruined that. the team zero. Yeah. I love this sport more than anything in my entire life. And I had to learn that the hard way, like learn that it doesn't matter if you mess up, you're human. Mm -hmm. But do you love every second of when you get to travel, hang out with your teammates, being in the practice room, having that, that one dance session before you walked out on the floor, or even hitting that routine and that feeling mm-hmm. of just of, of accomplishment, you know, and it, and it sucks because I, I have fallen. In my last year on code, I fell more times that year than I had in my entire cheer career. And I was so focused on hitting the zero, hitting, 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 did not matter. And I was more focused on the hitting and I wasn't loving what I was doing. I trained my whole entire life to get to that point mm-hmm. where I told myself it didn't matter about winning anymore. It mattered about having fun. Competing, we all practice and practice and practice to go on that floor and have fun, but we've turned it into such a job and a, like a priority to do well instead of just going there and having fun. Right. Loving and making it all worth it. Even if you fall, it happened. Right. You're human. You mess up. Right. But that one time you fell at practice, it happened. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you're a consistent kid and you're always hitting, and that one time you fall at practice, you just had a bad day, and then you go to comp and you fall, it happens. Right. It's life. But we've been almost made it a punishment now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, you didn't hit zero. Right. It's that attitude, well, you didn't hit zero, that's why you didn't win. Or but, that's why you didn't place top five. But teams that win do get deductions sometimes and do And that's and that's the I w- I've been in that situation as a coach and I was very upset. Very upset. And not even the fact that 
we we didn't make it, you know, my junior 13 didn't make it to day two of Summit. None of my teams did. Went from winning the Summit a year before in junior one and being in second with junior three and being super close to winning NCA. And then every team had a deduction except mine, and my team got 11th at the Summit. That's where, that's where you have the best of the best judges, per se, mm-hmm. that are supposed to do their jobs. And then afterwards, talking to people, other judges that judged my division said, there's, there's no way. There's no way your team didn't make it. And I was like... They didn't. <laughs> well, they didn't. I go out of, out of the 27 teams, we performed second. And then in between, you've got all those other divisions, which is fine. You need to make sure that you're judging everyone accordingly. Because how do I score from scoring 90, 99s and 98s every competition before to scoring a 97 with zero deductions? Mm-hmm. And it was perfection. And I don't, I don't usually hype my teams up like that, but That's good. When, they, when they do good... That, that was it. Yeah. Everyone was like, congratulations, congratulations. And then I was like, they didn't make it. And I even knew before when I got my score sheet, I was like, there's no way. Yep. There's no way, not with that score. Mm-hmm. 0.01. 0.01. And it haunts those little girls. And that's, that's the hardest part about being a coach. How do you tell them if you do this and you perform like this, you'll get rewarded. You will get exactly what you want. Not to, not promising you first, not promising you second, not promising you third, but am I promising you day two? Just another chance? Absolutely. And then looking at them and them being like, Coach Taylor, why? And didn't they have reductions? Yeah, they're watching these teams. I mean, like, they're not clearly not better than they are. They're throwing the same thing, but they know what good cheerleading is. And if you teach that and instill that in them, the cleanliness, they're like, that wasn't clean. That timing was no good. And I was like, but like cheerleading, it happens. And they're like, it just doesn't make any sense. And you can explain to them, well, this is, this is what happened. They, they all had deductions. I, I, the judges can't tell us anything, we're sorry, but you, we are so proud of you. Mm-hmm. You did everything that we asked. It makes them hate cheer. Right. Because it makes them not fair. You know, how is it at Worlds, you hit, you win. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, there are divisions where everyone, where, where four or five people hit. And, and they were very close or very accurate, but that's very rare nowadays at Worlds because it's such a high-pressured yeah. competition, you know. I was impressed with large co-ed this year, though. There were a lot. There were a number of zeros in finals or, yes. or like some good hit routines. Yeah, uh, that division is crazy. That, I never know what to expect. Never. You, never. <laughs> never. Never. But, you know, we, uh, I mean, you mentioned the whole zero thing, and, and we had deductions both days at worlds, which they were one deductions and we had a rough, rougher season with our large worlds five and our large co-ed. And, uh, we had a incomplete twist cause a girl got a little bit psyched because mm. she touched down on a twist the year before and 
she didn't wrap it and did a half. And so we got an incomplete twist. And uh, then the next day we got a basket that traveled a little bit. Got a traveling basket. Yeah. Um, even though it was legal and everything was fine, they gave us a, a deduction of course. for it. And my kid, when we, we thought we hit zero. I mean, we truly did. We didn't even know that basket traveling thing was going to be yeah. an issue. We got our score sheets and we were like, what? And, you know, telling the kids, look, we didn't get a zero. They were somewhat like devastated about it, you know, and, but they hit the best routine of their lives at finals, at worlds in large co-ed. And it's just like the mindset now, like you've, you already put that in your head, hitting zero. Like, have you ever been on Twitter and you see those coaches that post, you know, the pins, like I've done those posts, right? Like I've done it too. Like, and it's so crazy because the moment, like, yes, they hit, but they had the legality, but it was everything else. Perfect. The kids are still crying. Right. Because someone accidentally lost a connection somewhere, which Never happens, you know? It, it, it never happens. It happens. But it's cheerleading, like, right? Like, you're human. In a high-pressure situation, you're this little girl having to do all these things, jump, tumble, stunt, fly, and think about exactly what she's doing in front of hundreds of thousands of people, you know, sitting in the crowd staring at you, not cheering for you. The place is quiet, and all you hear is blaring music and your coach screaming at you. Like, Oh, trust me. I know. I mean, being in large co-ed and not being TJLC, Steel, like those, and they're amazing teams and they deserve to be recognized the way they are. But like we go out at cheer sport and it's quiet. Quiet. Crickets. And we go out at Worlds and it's quiet. We get and a little it's bit. it's so bad. We get a little bit. We get a little bit of like, okay, like, hey, good job you hit. And we'll get some cheers. But we aren't a big, we bring one team to Worlds. So if our friends from other programs don't come support us and Top Gun's been there for us before and like people have come out and cheered for us, which is like such a nice and amazing thing. But I've been in the milk house and had it be silent, you know, and all you can hear is your music and you're hitting a routine and your kids are going, are we, are we doing okay? Like at D2 Summit, it is almost every team because it's D2. So most programs have one, two teams there. They're probably spread out. It's not like D1 where you can't even walk. Right. It's, it's it is madhouse. It's a madhouse. And every year people are like, Oh my gosh, D one's so crazy. Like as someone is so crazy right now. And I go, it's not going to be the same because we don't bring 180 kids, you know, and we don't have our kids all trying to watch one another. Absolutely. We bring two teams, you know, or we bring three teams. Your biggest programs are bringing, if they bring everyone, they're bringing less than 125 athletes. And that's something that we've actually tried to incorporate more with, our own parents, not having it. We see those big gyms, like Top Gun's not as great about it. Like, yeah, because we have the fans, so it all kind of works out. But like our parents are always holding up their phone. My junior, and I literally brought this back to the gym, me and my best friend, Adrian, we coached junior one together. He told all the parents, no more cell phones, no more cell phones. I will have a coach record. You will be the loudest parents in the entire world. When I tell you we jumped performance points, and it, it was like we jumped like a whole point six and jumped two points in overall, like overall. Right. Two points from day one to day two, and they hit zero both days, same scores both days. Having the crowd is a huge advantage. It's so important. 
And it makes the faith, like the kids feel good. It does. It's not just, I'm not even saying like the judges are like swayed, although you can't say that you don't, I mean, I feel that you feel Feel that energy. Like in being that judge, like I've watched teams and I've watched them kill it and look at the crowd and be like, if y'all don't give those extra points, like they do. You can't tell them that they don't. They're not supposed to, but you feel like you're a human being and you're in there. And and isn't that what cheerleading's about? Right. Making the judges feel something, mm-hmm. making like giving off energy. That's what the performance is about. It's, yeah. I stopped cheering to, you know, to hit my skills. I wanted to make that little girl watch me and be like, I want to be like that. Yeah. Cause she made me feel some type of way because I've had kids, like, people that I looked up to and cheer made me feel that way. Yeah. It's an indescribable feeling, and you end up becoming a cheerleader like that. And if you just make that the reason why you cheer, this industry is just going to grow, and we're going to have the right kind of people. You know, that's huge. Like I, I love that. Yeah. And uh, no one's no one said that to me yet. Like, I love that perspective. Actually, and- my mom, my mom used to tell me that even when I was little. She's a big part of the reason why, like, I still cheered for so long. Mm-hmm. One time, when I, the moment I told her I wasn't cheering anymore, and this was last year, and she hated me for it. <laughs> She's like, I just don't understand. You're making a huge mistake. I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. Like, I wasn't on large co-ed. I was aged out. I'm like, I'm washed up. Like, My body hurts. Yeah, so yeah, I'm getting old. Like, it's just not the same. Like, I don't got the same, like be in the gym every day work on your skills like my body just can't handle that 17 years of that mindset is it's hard on the body as your as your knees cracks (laughs) um but she'd be like you just don't understand what you're what you're doing to people and I was like like who mom and she's like me she's like when I watch you cheer she's like it can light up any room She's like, it makes my entire day. And when I tell you my mom has cried every single time I performed, I'm like, why are you crying? I just fell. She's like, it's fine. She's like, it's fine. You still did so good. Like, you know, you either either kept on going and you made sure that other stuff was hitting and you were yelling for your teammates. And she's like, you make people feel a like a type of way. She's like, why do you think those girls like to watch you cheer? And they always be like, Taylor, are you cheering again? You know, please tell me you're cheering again. She's like, you make people feel something. And I'm like, you're right. That's why I cheered one more year. And it was kind of made, make, make, make me feel something again. Right. And it was so much fun. God, the first time I had fun and cheer in so long. Because being in that large devo- large code division is, it's stressful. is a job. Especially as TGLC, right? You guys have that rep. Yeah. We get and as much as we want to say... Just have fun. Just have fun. No. It's a job. Like, you got to make sure that you are on it. And if you have those good coaches that aren't, like Kristen and Victor, that are like, you're human, you make mistakes, you'll figure it out. Because sooner or later, the team will vibe and you'll figure it out. Like, I've been on that team where you make it hit. And I've been on that team that's consistent. 
And I have another team that's not so consistent. But you end up figuring it out at some point, whether that's at the beginning of the season or right at Worlds and you peak at the right time. It's still a great feeling. Yeah, that that's what happened for us last year. But I, I like envy you guys being in that position, but I also don't. Because like if we if we drop, if we're a train wreck, like no one cares. I mean, maybe some people, but it's not a big deal. I care. Well, (laughs) people care, right? But like no one's blasting us, right? But if TGLC wears socks that 50% of the people don't think are cute or whatever, you're going to be on blast all over because you're TGLC, you know, or if, if you, uh, touch down or you bobble something like people are that girl that fell on TGLC that one year and you're the reason that they lost. And it's like. Like that's a lot of pressure and I don't know. I've never been, I haven't been in that position, but I can't imagine that doesn't weigh on some kids of like, you know, it wears and tears you. uh, People are going to blast me if I, if I struggle, because I know that not just the people in this arena are watching, but a hundred thousand people are watching live on flow cheer or whatever it is. And I'm going to get, uh, there's going to be memes about me if I do something bad or like they made those memes at about worlds and how many falls there were. I was like, you guys are awful. This is exactly why you trust me. I've, we're all human. We make mistakes, mm-hmm. but I would never go out and make a meme of my own gym falling 005, stunt fall, stunt fall, stunt fall, person drop. Like, people don't want to cheer anymore after that. They're like, why? It's not worth it to get made fun of. And then they're more nervous to go out the second day. They're like, if I mess up, there's going to be more videos about me. If I go to the next competition and I mess up, there's going to be another video. Like, cheer updates. Top Gun, large co-ed. One athlete fall, two BBs, one pyramid BF. Well, if I didn't make it to cheer updates and I didn't get that hit and that gif that said hit, mm-hmm. it wasn't good enough. Yep. There was times where we'd get our score sheets back and we had a big fat zero on our score sheet. And she was telling me that I'm like, do you know what you're doing? Like, and I think he could have had a positive. It came from Wait, a well-intentioned place. Yes, absolutely. And DJ's great. Yeah. He's a great guy. And I think he had the right intentions. And I think he still does. But we've... It came out at the wrong time. In the wrong... In the era, like, right when Twitter was being made in 2012, when cheer was really just coming. Yeah. Like, it was... And being able to live through that and see it and watch it and now look back on it how much it's changed and that's when mm-hmm. social media became big, you know, and you had our cheer celebrities and they had tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. And if you don't have over 10 K, then you're not popular. And that went away for a little bit, but I feel like it started coming back and I'm not excited about that. I don't. Absolutely. I mean, kids are going to have people to look up to, but I feel bad. Again, it's that pressure thing. You know, you've got these girls who can't even go to a competition without being mobbed. And then everyone's blasting them if they touch down or I can't believe, and I don't even know them. I honestly don't know the, the cheer liberties names anymore. Cause I don't keep up with it. Like but. when, like when, uh, Kenley Pope fell, the entire world just like lost it. I'm like, this little girl is already an owner's daughter. 
Okay. She's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Beautiful in the air. I mean, great tumbler, but she had to make sure that if she was going to be in the spotlight already with, you know, having her last name and her mom owning Cherry Extreme, she had to be able to live up to that. And then now you're all of a sudden you were, oh my God, Kenley, oh my God, Kenley. And then now you're tearing her down because the one time she messed up and now all that self-confidence taken. Which is the greatest thing about cheer is it helps build strong young women. And but it should but be done in the right we, way. You know? Well, right. Yeah. Not strong because we've scarred them and they have calluses, yeah. but it builds strong young women it does. in the sport. And now we're getting into this. Now we tear them down and we build up these strong young women. And, but it's this tenuous balance of, oh, well, you're strong. You're good as long as you don't mess up. Absolutely. Right? And then everyone loves you, but then you fall from grace. And you even see it. Like I'm not that she did, but and you saw it on her face. Situation. Like she fell. I mean, she kept going, but the moment you she put that sun down and she turned to the back wall, she was already killing herself inside because it, she already knew. Like, and going through a routine and having to finish it like that, like I can't even imagine. Because I mean, I have not as much hype as she is, but like tears people down. I just don't, I don't even know how we get around that though. With social being what it is, social media, Instagram, all that stuff. Like aside from teaching our kids and monitoring our kids, like I think it's really important for a number of reasons that we monitor kids' social media accounts. Absolutely. Have social media rules in place at our gyms and things like that. I thought it was crazy that, you know, we couldn't follow our kids. And I think... I follow, I do follow some of my athletes, but the ones that either are always posting their skills and then I do a lot of stunt videos and a lot of stunt privates mm-hmm. and they post them and then they blast them. And, yeah. but that's positive mm-hmm. cheerleading. They're not posting like picture, like stupid pictures of like them in their bathing suits. Like, but if you teach that, like you said, and you teach them to be good and kids and post the right thing watch what you post and if you teach that young then you should be fine top gun's very open we're very lovey we're very like hands-on like i don't know how many times a girl comes up to me i i hug her i you know kiss her on her forehead we're very spanish or like you know the culture Mm -hmm. is very spanish so always side kisses like and kristen was on a conference call and she's like what am i supposed to do I've known these kids 13 years and now I all of a sudden I have to side hug them. Yeah. She's like, no, it's I, I, well-intentioned it, like where they're coming from. I, I think why they tried to do it. I think it's all well-intentioned, but, um, and I'm actually speaking at conference mm-hmm. uh, on some of the athlete first stuff because of my law enforcement. Absolutely. Things that I've done and I've, I've investigated a lot of, social media related crimes where kids are getting victimized and, and I've dealt with some of that stuff. And I, I know that the USASF came from a position of being really well-intentioned, but I, I agree. Like I follow my kids social. I have a, I now have a business account. I have my, this is my professional right. account. It's not my personal account. I don't post anything on my kids. Like it is only cheer. And I, I don't direct message kids or anything like that. Like we don't do that, but I have it so I can follow. I can make sure my athletes are, are doing the right things because otherwise we're just putting a box over our head and going, they're going to follow the rules. Yeah. And, and I can't mentor them. I miss that teachable moment of, Hey, 
you posted this picture of you in this really cute swimsuit and that's great that you look really cute, but here are some of the things that can happen. People can take this picture and then they can put it on a pornographic website to market their website and they've taken your photo and you can't do anything about it. Like, and I miss that moment because I don't see it. I don't see them posing on a car in a <clears throat> sexual manner, or I don't see them posting about another gym and be able to like lock them up and say, this comes down now unless other kids are sending it to us. But then you've got that, I'm not going to snitch on my friend. Exactly. Like, that's my, that's my friend. That's my teammate. Like, but they I'm all just, do. We all do. We have to. They, they all we do. all, we all at Top Gun, we kind of take care of each other. If, it's very rare just because Top Gun, you know, has built such a reputation so that we teach that right off the bat. Mm-hmm. First practice, this is what we expect. We call them TG do's and don'ts. And if you go to Camp Geneva, like we have like a big class mm-hmm. on it. So when everyone comes in the gymnasium and we sit down and talk about, you know, wearing flip flops with Top Gun and jewelry and social media, because if you are in a Top Gun practice wear, if you have got sunglasses on in a picture, know that coach will come for you. It's not the Top Gun look. If you're in uniform, you take them off. If you're wearing headphones in a picture, you take them off. You know, it's that professional yep. look. Because I'm always using like examples like you don't see a fireman running in a burning building in Crocs. Or you don't see a police officer walk up to your car with headphones in. Nope. I can tell you for a fact. Right. <laughs> you know, so we try to install that in our kids very, very young. And even our parents. Right. Our parents have rules as well. So, uh, we've already gone for like over an hour, I think. Oh, wow. I know it goes. Um, I luckily get you longer. So I think we're going to have to sit down again because we're all, we're like doing so, we're talking about so, so many, many things and we things. have so much more to talk about. I know, so much more. We could go for hours. Um, but one of the things I've asked everyone, and I think it relates to a conversation we we're having maybe before we started, but, um, is if you could, if you could change one thing about our industry, like to, today like you could snap your fingers you're the genie from aladdin and it's switched what would that be and why and you don't have to call anyone i'm it doesn't have to be anything negative specific like towards anyone but like Mm. is there something that you could switch it now okay i gotta think how to word this correctly because i've thought about so many things because i think this industry is so important um I wish our governing body, whether it be IASF or USASF or, you know, the Cheer Alliance or whoever, didn't we have another one, the triple, triple A or triple C something? I don't know. The one that like Elaine Pascal created before USASF. Um, I wish the athletes had more of a I wouldn't say a say but our younger generation needs to have some type of input because if you if you notice our industry is full of old or people mm-hmm. everyone on our governing body and mostly male yep if you look at every 
big event company or head of anything that Jamfest, uh, Varsity, USASF, males. Yeah, we're very male-dominated for a female industry. Very, very. And I think that we've had very influential women in our industry because we we still do. But in the industry that we are, it shouldn't be run by males. That's just how I feel. And I feel like we've turned it into a money-making business. And I think that we should be able to still make money but for a good reason to support cheerleading right to support our athletes in doing this sport not taking away certain things to get more money you know what i mean i feel like like the summit is something that is so big and they make so much money on it and it's so expensive that like people don't even want to come anymore yep. Like how do you how do you put World Summit and D two Summit back to back weekends because it works best for you? It's cheaper for them too. I mean, you don't right. have to set up tear down. Yeah. And I get that from a business. And I get that. Either make it two weekends after, or make it a month before, so our lower level teams aren't competing for so long because our kids get burned out. Mm-hmm. And think about it, if we've got, if we're coaching multiple teams and we got a world team that they're getting ready for in April, what time do you actually practice with your summit teams because you're so prepared on focusing for worlds? And I, that's a rough one for me because I go to worlds and then I luckily am D2. So I fly home for a week, mm. practice like two, maybe three practices and then fly back for right. summit, uh, D2 summit if, right. if we've qualified. And do you have a lot of double teamers or no? A few. But almost none this year because we're going to NCA. So, mm-hmm. like, my level six to four, no. But, yeah, we have some double teamers for level two to three, and but not not mm-hmm. our worlds to lower levels. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's brutal. And we I, I said this many times. When I went to the, the All-Stars United meeting, uh, the West Coast one, mm-hmm. I said, it's crazy to me that I have parents that will spend more money on just going to Summit and because they'd send a parent or two because they don't want to miss their kid performing. They'll spend right. more money going to Summit than they will pay me all year to do cheer. Like, then they will pay all year. And then they come back and they go, cheer is too expensive. Absolutely. We have the same problem. And you would be surprised how big this problem is. When I tell you that All Stars United meeting, there was one in, uh, it was in Hollywood, Florida. It was right after uh, Hot Shots camp. And... I had never been to a USASF meeting. I've never done any type of, been in any type of environment like that. And just kind of like knowing from like what my mom has told me and learning things from Kristen and Victor and being on ASGA now, I made that a big deal because I'm on that Facebook page. Um, And just like reading things and just know what's been open. We all had the same issues. Mm -hmm. We all do. And we're the biggest gyms in the country. We are the ones that are giving them their money. So if we can collectively, as a cheer community, say, we're not going to summit unless you do this. Mm -hmm. Take, let's say, half the United States. 
the whole Midwest, East side is not going. You know how much business they would lose? All, oh, tons. And I bet if other people did it, other people won't. But those small name gyms are going to go because they have a chance to win the summit. You know what I mean? But and they're willing to pay that. But it, it, we have to start small, and that's something that we said in our in our meeting. If we are going to do something, we all need to back each other up. Yep. Because this isn't only a movement. We aren't a governing body yet. We haven't taken over anything. Right. We have to start gaining that control now. You know. So they they had put together a letter of five things that we came up with that we could fix right now at this moment. And it was pretty awesome. I, I'll share that with you. Um, are you in the Slack message thing? No, I'm not. Okay. No. We're, we, get you to... we get very secluded out on the Northwest. Um, I know. Not, I, I don't think and it's so crazy because I was going to text you and ask if you were going to come. But I knew that you were starting to set up things for camp. And um, I was coming back from another camp. and But it was super cool. And I think that Imagine. it gave me so much motivation just being there, being around Brad Hemmermill and Elaine Pascal and Victor and Kristen and uh, the owners of Woodlands and people that I that I look up to as coaches and that people that have coached me, you know, at other camps, they're having the same issues and just like learning from their perspective and they've been in it so much longer than I have, yeah. and it's still a problem, you know. And it's like seeing they're all on USASF boards and they're all members of some committee and they were all laughing about it because they've been in for so long. But they were there trying to fix it. They're leaving USASF to fix those things. And I feel like I want to be a part of that. Yeah. It's a it's a good movement. And next meeting, we sh you should come and we should. I would love to. And I, I don't have the same, I don't have a lot of beef with USASF necessarily like i think usasf has done a lot of really great things for our sport absolutely and, and I, think I think that it's that time to i know a lot of people in usasf that i think i think really are well-intentioned and they they I, I don't feel like the usasf is ever intentionally like oh we're gonna we're gonna get them good like that that they're coming from a yeah. position of trying to make really like good decisions for the industry i do have the same discomfort a lot of people do with how closely tied it still feels that usasf and varsity are um because it's hard to say we're an independent governing body when the the major profit making company from the industry i mean it's it's a and it's hard to say well we're not linked when you go to worlds and to pay for worlds you go to a varsity portal like that's how we it's it's the varsity portal that you pay for worlds for and Absolutely. when you go to worlds and then you go to Summit, it's all the same stuff, just new signage, you know? And if they're really separate, it wouldn't it wouldn't be like that. At all. Like, um, and it wasn't always like that. So, and I get that they got money from Varsity to like get started, but that loan's been paid back. So there's like some things that I would love to see USASF do to continue as like the governing body that mm -hmm. I think would be really good to see some true separation there. You know, and it's like, well, Varsity has like the controlling votes yeah, they maybe didn't at one point. And I know they've made some efforts to try and course correct, but 
those are some things. It seems a lot of shady, like a lot of shady things are happening. And even just by what people were saying, and I was trying to put things together because they all work together and it just doesn't sit right. And even like from an athlete point of view, like it's, it's very hard because your knowledge really isn't there. And I know like they don't have young people to make, you know, and spread the word to other yeah. younger athletes. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell them everything that we're doing, but unless you read the the messages that they put out or the the rules that they put out, like you don't really know what's happening inside our governing body. Like you're doing it for the children, but or the the athletes, but the athletes aren't. And I fucked. I can't keep up. I again I I think USASF does a lot of good stuff. I can't keep up. They have like these coaches boards and things that go on. There's so many conversations happening in cheerleading that it's to the point where it's white noise. Like I don't, I I'm on ASGA, but I can't follow ASGA because it, it makes my head hurt. Like there's just too many. I don't know. I, it just, I go to it and I try and keep up, but I'm like half the time. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, I can't read any more of this. And, and I think that's too bad. And I know there's people out there that want help. And I, I, I want to help people in the industry. I want to see the industry go grow. Like that's where I'm at. I, mm. I personally believe that the absolute best thing for our industry is for it to grow and there to be lots of healthy gyms with lots of kids that love children. Like that's good for all of us in my opinion. Absolutely. Like, like watching gyms close. I hate it. I don't like it. I want to see them be successful. Even team, even gyms that I maybe don't like, I really want to be, because mm. we've been competitors for a long time or something, doesn't mean I want them to close. I just want to beat them. Absolutely. You know, and and I'm excited about the All Stars United idea because I think that there's a lot of good things happening there. I think that everyone starts well intentioned, and I, I I think the bulk of people in our industry are very well intentioned people. You know, we're all in this. A lot of us, the majority of us, are in this mm. because we love kids. You know, there aren't a million people here driving around freaking Ferraris and things like that. Like even the people that work for varsity, they get, they're not making millions. <clears throat> they're working a job in a, in a sport that they love. I mean, some of those people that like, like Matt Goto and people like Justin Carrier, he kills himself to make our score sheets and he is way nicer than he has to be. Absolutely. And I don't, Absolutely. I, I, I know he gets paid. Okay. I don't know what he gets paid, but he, I don't he, make, he probably like, makes decent money for himself he, and he takes care of him. And, but he also isn't flying to Belize every two weeks. And no, like he's not, you know, that whatever billions varsity. I mean, Cause I mean, our, our industry is a good making or money making business, but it's not like, the NFL right. or the NBA where these basketball players sign contracts and they're here, $5.7 million or billion dollars or whatever. To like, shoot a basketball. Right. To shoot balls and oh, and that's it. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of good people in the industry and I think yeah, we can all get on the same that page. The, something that got me at the All-Stars United meeting and Victor stood up and he was like, and Victor's very blunt. Always has been, always will be. He don't care. I don't understand if, that. I'm not blunt at all. He's, he doesn't care if he's known you forever or he just met you. He'll know you, he'll let you know, like, what's up. He stood up and he said, 
So this is this is the entire problem, okay, with the USASF is that we're not following through with what's actually happening. We're beating around the bush. If we're going to make the change, you need to do it. You need to follow through. He's like, because we're going to come around and we're going to come full circle again and be at this meeting next year with the same problems. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're doing it or we're not doing it, but as a whole. He goes, if you don't like it, get out. And I was like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm and I look back at my mom and my mom's sitting back there and she's like, mouth open, like shocked. And I was like, that's just Victor. Like, and that's real because we say we want all these things and we're like, no, we want this to change. We want this to change. Okay. And then varsity makes a change or USASF makes a change, but we still don't like the change because he made a change, but it really wasn't what we were talking about, but we're still doing what they want. Mm -hmm. Instead of putting our foot down and not, and not going to those competitions that we, you know, we win or we hit, we hit and they give it to a team that doesn't hit. And you're like, how does that work? Like, how does that work? There's no way I'm doing this. Oh, sorry. There was a mess up on the score sheet, but we can't go back. Like, oh, fine. If you can't figure it out, then we're not coming back. It's just so scary. Like obviously as an owner, it's scary to be like, okay, we're going to put our foot down. Everyone's saying they're not going to go to, well, we'll use summit as an example. They're not going to go to summit. We're not going to do it. Victor actually asked us if, how we, what have you thought about not going to summit? And I was, I was stuck. They've marketed it so well that they have made, and, and kudos to them. Whoever set up the marketing plan for summit, it's a genius because they made. I'm pretty sure it was Dennis Worley. I don't know. He created the the summit. Parents want it. The parents and the kids. They drive the train. And, they and that's, made that's a pressure walk. thing as well. These kids are trying to work, work, work so hard and make sure that they hit at that competition so they can get a bid to go to Summit, to compete at Summit, and most likely not make it to day two because then they put 67 teams in a division right. in a level junior level two and only 10 make it, and then but they end up going to Disney. And then the, the parks are packed, so then everyone's making money. Right. But we're losing money. <laughs> Because we don't get paid to coach, like at competitions like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's scary. I mean, it's scary to think, okay, I don't go, and then the gym down the street says, "Well, we'll take you," and and kids and parents want it, and they go, "They'll go to that small gym, and they'll take all your kids." And we want to go to Summit because you won't go. And we we didn't go to Summit like for probably the first three years. We were like, we don't take bids, and then the pressure was just enough that we were like we got to start doing it. We got to start trying and going. And but then it gets expensive, like on the gym owners and oh like, my gosh. so like, and like coaches passes. And like, these are all things that we discussed in the, in the all-stars United meeting. Like we should not have to pay our way in to coach our teams. Right. And like at NCAA. I always thought that was crazy. Like, and, and even with camps, Coach is always like, how much does it cost me to come? I say, each team gets one free coach. Because what are you going to send a kid? Uh, are you going to send a team without a coach? Absolutely. Like your, your athlete's registration for camp pays for one coach to attend. Because that's all you really need because I provide enough instructors that you don't need to do anything beyond just supervise your kiddos. Absolutely. 
But like, yeah, what you have to pay to get to coach your kids. And it's expensive. It's expensive. Imagine like Kristen, I always feel bad for her. She, she works so hard. She does everything by herself. Everything. I mean, other than like answering the front, like the, the front desk, you know, phone calls and emails. She's got like now like an assistant or like another girl lady that works in the office, but she does everything. She blows my, blows my mind. She told me she's like, she texted me and she goes, Hey, do you think you can ask your mom to buy you a coach's pass for NCA? And I was like, yeah, but like I, I coach G3 and she's like, I know she's like, but she's like, you already have a pass to get into the competition because you're competing. She goes, but I have to pay an extra coach's pass and it's $300 to get it right now for you. She's like, doesn't your mom have another team? My mom had put me on her roster anyway, so she already had an extra one. So it ended up working out. Kristen's like, I'll pay it. She goes, I just want to know if your mom can get an extra one. It's it's a lot of money. And but I'm a coach of that team. Right. We we have three coaches on every team, but right. But when you have multiple teams there and you have multiple coaches that coach multiple teams, they're all over. By the time the day ends, you only got either one or two coaches with your team. One hundred percent. I was an athlete. Matt had two teams. You know, Jose had two teams. And so if one of us was not there or two of us were not there, like they were gonna just suck. But it's it's crazy. It's that's where you almost think that it's a like a money making business. But like, what are we paying you for? To we're not taking up the space. You know what I mean? Like, we're not doing anything other than supervising our kids that you don't have to do. I would love to sit down and and do something like this with someone who makes some of those decisions because I think that I, coming to from be a, business, a part of that. Coming from a business owner perspective, I also know, and I try and meter myself and go, okay, there's a reason. So what is it? Like, I feel like if I, maybe we'd understand more if we just knew and could, could truly understand. Well, this like is what why. all, what it all goes into, you know, like yeah. what all this money that you get, what is it supplying? You know, the rent, the space, the lights, the equipment, the pickup, the drop off, things like that I get, but like, I'm okay with making a profit too. Great. Your business, you should make money, but it'd just be nice to know kind of, okay. So then I don't, I just don't feel as bad about paying the money when I know when I know, and I'm like, okay, this is reasonable where when left in the dark, we just make our own, come to our own conclusions and go, well, this is messed up or this is fine. I'm good with it. And I don't know. I don't know how we solve that one, but, um, well, I want to see how long we've gone. I think we're almost at an hour 45. Okay, let's... No, an hour 10. But okay. we're going to pause it. Yes. We have a staff meeting, and I've got a coach texting me about a mouse in a cabin. Oh, so goodness. Why wouldn't we? Um, we're in the middle of the woods. We are in the middle of the woods. That's but beautiful. there's... Yes, it's amazing. I was just sitting outside earlier. It was like, it was like super cloudy. And since we're in the mountains, like the clouds were like covering half the mountain. I just sat and I just stared at it. Because in Miami, it's flat and rainy and hot. I don't mind rustic. And we don't get- it doesn't bother me. Some people are a little bit bougier and it, they don't love the rustic. But I do. me, if I got a bed, I got a roof over my head, and I've got beautiful scenery, I, 
got no complaints. Yeah. Well, um, we are going to have to sit down again. Thanks for your time. This is this is round one with Taylor Shapiro. Yes, we'll do we're another one for sure. Um, thanks for listening in, and uh, we're going to get going. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Dream Camps or any of our guests, contact us at info at OregonDreamCamps.com. 